Thank you again. I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. Let's talk about A Touch of Zen. Before we get into this week's film, next week we are going to be watching the film Seeds by Andy Mulligan. You said you recently read a book about Andy Mulligan. It's yeah, just... Andy, Andy Milligan is his name. Milligan, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was a crazy uh, filmmaker, actor, writer, playwright um, from New York City. And uh, yeah, just kind of like a very, very, uh, the, the, there's a great book about him that I read, but I've never watched any of his movies. And um, it's a great book because he's like a just, it's just a book about an insane you know, guy figure, you know, that not a lot, that not a lot of people know about. So yeah, it's probably now a good time to actually watch one of his movies. How'd you find his book or the book about him? Like what? I think John Waters, I think, Mm -hmm. um, who loves like books and stuff like that. He, um, he said that that was a book that he loved. Um, and it sounded pretty good. Well, dope. That sounds like fun. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are you doing? What are you doing? Sorry, I'm afraid he's gonna like knock something down. He's a bad boy. Yep, there he goes. All right, I'll just hopefully he won't move. <laughs> but this week we watched Touches In, which I've seen one. Of this person's films before, King Dragons Inn. Dragons Inn, yeah, I'll watch Dragons Inn soon. I think sooner rather than later. You'll like it. I mean, if you like this, I guess if you didn't like this, you wouldn't like that. But mm-hmm. Dragons Inn was my first dive into his world, and there were some things about it I really liked. Some really cool action scenes, some beautiful scenery. He's really great at working with natural light which of course you see a lot in this film. I mean, my God, this film's gorgeous, but it's like one of the best looking movies like ever made. Honestly, from the moment it starts, it just looks so goddamn good. Like it's, (laughs) it's very clear. It's kind of, yeah. Just like from the very first frame, it's clear that a master is at peak. Yeah. Filmmaking. I mean, yeah, he's operating at a very high <laughs> level. It's just every single shot is so beautifully framed, and just the way everything kind of turns into everything else. And he loves just having a bunch of stuff in the frame too, right? Often he'll have things in the, in the forefront and in the background, and instead of just like a character in the middle of nowhere. And it's just so beautiful and magnificent, and so well lit and. He loves like the the lens flare and oh my gosh. And just such beautiful locations too that he really takes advantage of. I mean, God damn, it looks good. <laughs> well, that's that's the review of the movie. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yeah. I mean, that's like kind of like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, to me, that's kind of like the draw the movie i would say <clears throat> is how amazing it looks um <laughs> i think that in itself is a big enough draw 
but everything else is just also happens to be amazing i would say it's it's a it's a it it it's like i think i've i've seen some wuja movies you've obviously mm-hmm. seen some yeah um i like it i don't know if you like it i kind of like it yeah the wuja <laughs> the the wuja um kind of uh i think that's how you pronounce it is that how you pronounce it that's how i pronounce it i don't know if it's the correct way to pronounce it <laughs> wuja yeah i um yeah i like I, I i like it but i think this movie it's kind of one this is kind of one of those movies it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like um another movie we covered another a movie another movie that i would say is like just kind of like at a god tier level which is um <laughs> like the the um the great silence yeah the um unbelievable uh spaghetti western movie <laughs> i just think that that movie and like this movie whether it be spaghetti westerns or wuja chinese films and well touches Zen is technically a taiwanese film um i believe it was filmed and produced in taiwan um anyway uh <laughs> like yeah like this movie and the great silence they kind of operate like in, in, once again in these like genre spaces like uh, like like i said wuja and spaghetti westerns but i think they have like their themes are incredibly complex and kind of hard to wrap your head around in a good way. And I also think that they kind of take a good job at kind of like subverting your attention, your expectations, your, um, you know, the conventions of the genre that they're operating in. Um, I think this movie and the great silence kind of have those things in common. Um, and I think it makes it really compelling and interesting. All right, one sec. <laughs> what? You okay? I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at the um at the film itself and, and looking back at King Ho's work. But mm-hmm. even though I haven't seen a lot of his work, which I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch some of his work this week just to kind of get more in the King Ho zone. I was unfortunately too busy to watch much of his stuff, but I'm so grateful I got to watch a touch of Zen because here's someone who has dedicated their career to a, a very specific style of filmmaking and, and mostly to a specific genre of filmmaking. And what makes Touches In so masterful, like The Great Silence, as you're pointing out, is these are people who understand the genre so well that they're able to manipulate the genre and sort of subvert our expectations of what the genre's supposed to be i mean the first hour of touches in almost nothing happens it's (laughs) and yet it's amazingly entertaining yeah no no you're you're totally right it takes like an hour before any like fighting gets there which once again it's like kind of like trying to lure you into like the movie and into the world and into like the which i'm okay with obviously i could see plenty of people watching this movie and thinking like this is boring, <laughs> but I, I I beg to differ. I could see the argument, but it's so hypnotic of a film, and especially so. this first hour. I mean, 
the first hour and, and the other two hours kind of have a different mood and tone to them. You could really break this into like three hour long films that have their own sort of style and, and like visual multiple set pieces, architecture. Yeah. multiple set pieces. Yeah. And different characters that we're following. But there's certain things about the first hour that I just love so much because I think, especially when you have a master like King who directing action it's amazing and for him it's very easy to make that exciting and thrilling and so much jumping i mean you know especially (laughs) yeah especially given the limitations here i think i don't know if like um i didn't really like read too much about like the production of the movie i don't know if they use like wires or anything like that i'm assuming that they just use stunt people and then they were able to you know edit it in a way where you know there's like flipping and stuff like that and they have like a stunt person do that like a martial artist do that and then they like are able to cut it at the right time so i'm assuming that's what they do once you get like more into like these types of movies like you know year after year decade after decade there's more wire work which of course is like very amazing um like uh like ang lee's um crashing tiger hidden dragon which is a movie i watched for the first time not too long ago that movie is very very similar to this movie um I would say, and it's a very good movie, but it indulges in the action a lot more. So there's like a lot of crazy wire work and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the action scenes. I love how high everyone can jump and how everyone yeah. kind of moves like bunnies for some reason. Like everyone jumps from place to exactly. place. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is with these <laughs> movies. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody some for some reason has like the ability to jump really, really far. <laughs> like 10 feet. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Which is wonderful. I love it. But what I love about this first hour is it's really just this guy who owns his own little print shop. He paints portraits yeah. and all this stuff. And he's just walking around. He's got no money. He lives in this old abandoned fortress. They think the one his across mom. from him is also with his mom. The one across from him is also haunted. And there's some like some spooky moments, which I really like. Those moments are pretty spooky. Yeah, there's like it kind of does like a horror film thing at, yeah. at the very beginning, I would say. Before there's any martial arts. Which I did not expect it to go in that direction at all. Yeah. And it it diverges from that, but those sort of in a way though. I mean, there's very much this spiritual, religious aspect undertone to it. And of course, in in certain forms of Taoism, there's this belief in this spiritual sort of curse-like, almost magical thing. And you see him put up one of those, like, I don't know, anti-curse papers, Taoist things. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. He like he gets he gets very um, he just he just thinks that it's haunted. You know what I mean? And 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 uh, that location is so cool with like the the dilapidated like fortress Beautiful. and like all the overgrown and stuff like that. You know, at several points in the movie, and I'm sure you noticed notice this as well. Um, you'll notice that like the lens the lens is all scuffed at, at least a couple yeah. points. Did you notice this? Mm-hmm. Where like there'll be like smudge or dirt on it. And I like that just because like it it's just evident of the it's just evidence of the fact that like they were actually like outside, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like outside at like on location at real places yeah. and among real like, you know, plants and trees and stuff, <laughs> like filming these scenes, you know, instead of like um, you know, instead of like 
on a set being on a, on a set or whatever you know what i mean a clean a nice clean you know um contained set like that no they're like actually like out there yeah the digital restoration of this which is all done by one person so <laughs> at the beginning it says thank you to the person who personally financed the digital restoration which is an extremely expensive process and amazing that any one person would care enough to put this much time and money I think I think film. I think I think the person that did it was uh, Su Fang, who's the actor that plays the main protagonist, the uh, the female knight. Really, I, I think awesome. that's I think I think that's I, I think I recognize that like they had the same name. I think that's yeah, I think it was the same person. Well, I hope so. That's amazing because it's such a feat for digital restorations, and it's an art form that no one ever really wants to get into because. Well, it's, I would say it's pretty lucrative now. Uh, there, there are so many. I feel so? like that. I feel like there are so many. Um, what do they call it? Like boutique Blu-ray labels. You have like Criterion mm. Collection. You got Vinegar Syndrome. You got um. There's another one whose name is eluding me. Um, you have really big ones like Criterion. Criterion is probably the biggest boutique probably. Blu-ray yeah. distributor, probably. <laughs> um, but you have like some really small ones though that are run by like probably like one guy. And sure. he just, you know, wants to, he kind of like finds like a movie that has never really been on anything like regularly <laughs> distributed. And, you know, he buys the rights for it and he puts it on a Blu-ray and people buy it and he put on like special features or whatever you want. And I don't know, I think it's a little bit more of a lucrative business uh, <laughs> than maybe it was like 10, 20 years ago, just because like, you know, you make this restoration and it's like, okay, what do we do with it? Well, Put it on a DVD, but that's only 480p. <laughs> um, you know, you could play it in the theater maybe a couple times. You know, it's like I think now like Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray and stuff like that allow it more dissemination of it. And uh, but yeah, like you said, this looks great. <laughs> it looks amazing. <laughs> it is a wonderful restoration, and I do like that. What you see with these kind of older restorations is you do kind of see the the griminess and the grittiness, especially when you're shooting yeah, on location like this, which is great you know sometimes you think when you see a mistake in a film that it would hinder it but in this it doesn't feel like a mistake at all it just feels like it's all part of some mm -hmm. grand god tier plan the king had that <laughs> we're just can't possibly fathom the brilliance it just, it just, and genius of it, just it. it just shows to me that like it's like a, a homegrown movie you know what i mean it kind of like goes back to like other movies we watched like um uh, like dead at daylight you know? <laughs> where it's like it's like it's like the 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 age-old tradition of um like uh getting the crew and going outside you know going out <laughs> to a location and then like filming it and then no matter what happens you know uh to you know no matter what happens you know uh you know like rain or fog or you know dirt or whatever so it just evidence to me of the pure you know uh just kind of uh gumption to like go outside and not be afraid of like um you know what happens out there and just doing it um yeah 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 dedication to the craft you gotta love it when you see it i mean it's just absolutely wonderful and it makes me so happy and it's one of those movies from the moment you turn it on you know you're never gonna have an experience quite like it again because the first time you watch a great movie it's yeah. just like no other experience in the world. And I mean, I could watch Touches In a hundred more times and still love it. I think I will, yeah. But I'll never have like that 
amazing first experience which is so wonderful with with movies and especially one like this but, right? but yeah i guess i will say that you know touches in is a long movie you know what i mean and there's a lot it going on so <laughs> i think i think multiple rewatches uh would definitely aid in its enjoyment i would say because uh there's a lot going on you know what i mean like you said it has like several set pieces you know like you were talking about with like the horror haunted house kind of thing going on um yeah. where you know, um, there's kind of like a mystery too, right? Where a guy arrives, you know, um, and out of uh, town. he like meets, yeah, out of town goo. And he's like, he wants to get his like portrait painted and stuff like that. And um, and he obliges. And then he has the conflict with his mother about like, you know, they go back and forth a lot where he is like, he doesn't, he just kind of wants to like, basically like be a student and like be a, a, a scholar. But a scholar. Uh, his mom wants him to be like a like a government official which is more money which is what everyone seems to do in this world like i think that's amazing yeah, it's like during that time yeah <laughs> like everyone's in a government position which i don't know how like everyone within a community can all be part of the government but i think that's great i think that's wonderful <laughs> like that's just what everyone yeah. does yeah, they live like they live in like this like small rural community and stuff and everybody doesn't have a lot of money and all that. But um um yeah, this guy arrives and he's clearly like looking for someone, he's looking for something. Very mysterious. He has three men following him around. They're always yeah, dressed the same, but it's always like something different, which is fun. Like it's they'll cool. be dressed as monks or they'll be dressed as uh just all kinds of different outfits that they'll go through. Which by the way, another amazing thing about this movie all of the outfits are <laughs> beautiful and yeah they, look really they just good. look so luxurious and just so much time and thought put into all of these vibrant colors and just a very nuanced use of clothing i think often clothing is kind of thrown off to the side even in period pieces when you think of your, your classic sort of period pieces whatever uh, this is a period part piece. of the world yeah no absolutely but whatever yeah. part of your world and of course the clothing takes on a certain role but i think what sort of differentiates this from your classic period piece is just how vibrant everything is and i think yeah <laughs> we often forget that when like you think of period pieces because they were like that was like a really big thing was how you showed sort of what class you were part of is how vibrant your clothes were because the more vibrant your clothes were like the wealthier you were because you could afford like these different dyes and these different things and i don't think that's often taken into account when we make period pieces but with this one it's just so beautiful and all of the like different robes and stuff like the textures it just looks like you want to like grab it and just like feel it it's yeah it looks oh, it's good. wonderful man <laughs> but yeah and what's like yeah like everything everything looks really good in the movie i would say like the the, the i would love to like go i especially like the rocky location with like the waterfall and stuff Ooh, that was like a, that was a that was a good ass looking location you know it looks so good uh you know the bamboo forest the regular forest you know all of it looks like it looks really good it would be cool to go there to all those places um you know the temple when you see the temple on top of the hill that's dope i love that yeah i, I mean i've always wanted to travel to that part of the world but nothing will make you want to travel more than seeing a movie like this just like oh yeah it looks so awesome. amazingly beautiful some incredible location scouting which is never given the credit that's due but all of these sets are just so 
beautiful and well thought out. And of course, the cinematography is on point 100% of the time. And yeah, I like how I like how the, he uses um, you're talking about like natural light. I like how he uses the sun, you know, to for all yeah. of his scenes pretty much, especially at day at night. I think it might be a different story. Maybe he doesn't, maybe he does use lighting sure. a little bit, although sometimes like at night some of the scenes get like really dark and you can barely it even does. see what's going on, which I like. Um, but uh, like during the day though, he kind of like uses the sun in ways that are really interesting. Like he'll like maybe use a person to block out the sun, but sometimes it'll like pour out of the person and they move out of the frame. Like, or like, yeah, like it'll be behind a mountain or something. Or when he's um uh, like the tops of trees, like when they're in a really like a dense forest and he like, or like bamboo forest or whatever, like the tops of it will kind of like block it or move around and kind of like create that, that lighting effect. Um, yeah. Stuff like that is like, you know, it's not like terribly complicated, you know, like it's nothing, <laughs> you know, it's nothing like, you know, it's nothing. It's not like a technical thing, you know, it, it, but it's like, but it, 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 it's, it's perfect. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it fits right into the movie. Um, and he thought of it and he, and I mean, I guess like, I guess it is kind of difficult because you, with the sun, you can't control where the sun, well, I mean, you know where it's going to be, but you can't control where it, um, like you, it goes itself. Right. So you kind of have to like, I, I imagine like, okay, we got to be at this location. All right. We got to find the location where we can shoot like this shot. Yeah. So you have to stand right here and okay, we got to get the angle. It's like, okay, we only got a few minutes, so we have to do it now, you know? So I imagine that was a challenge if I had to imagine if maybe it wasn't a challenge, but I imagine it would be. Oh yeah. I mean, just the fact that you basically only have one or two takes to do this for a lot of very yeah. specific shots. Cause like the sun's only going to be in that spot for a very little <laughs> amount yeah, of yeah. time. And that amount of pressure to, to get it right on the first take or just, you know, be fucking prepared as hell, which they just have to be. I mean, with all of, well, all two King Who films I've seen, there's a lot of thought in the choreography of as it were of course the action sequences and all of it and there's just so much planning that takes place beforehand and yeah. you can really see it in, in the way he makes his films especially in touches and like just every single shot is just so well thought out and so much time and effort has been put into here's exactly what we're going to do here's exactly what it's going to look like and of course there's those moments of inspiration that you can see like oh like someone just happened to be at the right place at the right time mm -hmm. and it just worked but just uh, it's incredibly admirable to see someone who who cares so much about their craft that they're they're putting so much time to like okay where's the sun going to be at exactly this time and yeah yeah you know and they're shooting outside so you have to account for things like rain and clouds and like all this different shit and it's oh my god i just i can't sing enough praise for this film I really yeah can't. and we're really only we've already really been talking about how it looks you know uh <laughs> To kind of like once again, kind of like talk about like the story and the characters and all that. Um. So yeah, goo. Like, like once again, you go through like this kind of like hour where you kind of like get to know goo, goo, goo. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Q. It's like G U. Um. And he. It turns out that someone's living at the abandoned uh place. Um. Yang, Miss Yang. Um. 
and his mom's like, oh, you should marry her, da 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 da, da. <laughs> And uh, it's clear that she's, like, hiding, right? Like, right from the beginning, it's clear that she's, Very like, trying mysterious. to hide from somebody. And it becomes pretty clear, of course, that, like, the guy who wants his portrait painted is once Miss Yang. And pretty much, like, just to kind of, like, jump ahead a little bit, it's like the, Miss Yang was in, like, a family or, like, in a, in a family that we're going to, like, uh, go to the emperor with information of, like, uh, of uh some these group of like guards or this organization like in the government that were corrupt and they were going to send this information but it was intercepted and now the family's being prosecuted persecuted i mean and uh you know and now everybody's trying to run away like i think yang's dad you see him like you know uh be persecuted i think killed and you know they're on the run um and um, and you see that, of course, when they're running away at the really great rock and waterfall location as well. That's the first time you meet the monks. Yeah, the monks. The are, yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the monks. monks are so yeah, I think it's fair to say, like they rock. Um, <laughs> they're really, really cool. Um, especially Abbot, of course. Of course, who's who's the main monk? Most people will will know will will probably recognize him as like he is the. Um, antagonist that appears at the very beginning of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> like the guy he meets at the table. Yeah. He's got like the poison and the antidote. That's the same actor. <laughs> I knew he looked familiar. I just couldn't think like, what have I seen this guy in before? Because I couldn't think of yeah. like what possible film, but apparently there's an Indiana Jones film of all things. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, great performance, yeah. by the way. Him and all of the monks, they're just so yeah. badass. I mean, the way their fighting style is wonderful, and they're just so calm when they fight, like never any sort of emotions on his face. And he's just so much better than everyone else, which I think sometimes that can not work so well in films when you kind of have this overpowered character, but it works perfectly in this. Like you just want this all powerful being yeah. in your life. And yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny. You get like the monks who don't really kill people Mm-mm. um you get like the like the guards who do kill people absolutely and then you get like in the, and then you get our protagonist uh, you who's in the middle who doesn't kill people like actually like kill people like stab anyone or with a sword or something but he is willing to help um, his like friends kill people, I guess. Uh, you, you is such an interesting and fascinating. Yeah, he's cool. Protagonist and definitely not your classic American well, action it's, hero. And they definitely and and the thing I will say real quick, the thing about this movie too is that like with Yang and Hugh, they kind of like it's kind of like a, a a gender switch, right? Where Yang Absolutely. is the heroic warrior swordsman, and Hugh is the person that's in distress yeah which works great in this movie but what's fascinating about Hugh as a protagonist or one of our protagonists in this film is instead of being sort of which happens a lot in action movies for whatever reason wherever part of the world are in is often sort of the because he's <laughs> he's a scholar right he's kind of a nerdy character in a way and, and yeah kind of often thrown off to the side but he kind of is put in this position very like a uh, art of war he loves to quote like uh 
the analects of Confucius and the Tao Te Ching and like all these different uh, holy and scriptures, basically. He's a nerd. He's a nerd, but like in the world of this movie, (laughs) he's like seen as this sort of like general, right? And he like plans all these like very complicated. uh, Well, yeah. He does like war alone things. I mean, uh, yeah, that's one way to put it. (laughs) Yeah, I will say, too, you know, I I will. Another thing, though, that's important when he decides to help them and he does like the planning or, you know, military strategy, whatever, is that um, he has sex. (laughs) So they get it on. (laughs) Yeah, they have sex. He has sex, which I'm assuming that's the first time he's ever had sex. Seems like it has to be. I can't. think. Yeah. So. I feel like that probably like uh, alters something right in him immediately. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and it's funny too, because like Yang has sex with him, but there's not really any good reason why she does. No. <laughs> she just kind of does it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it, it just kind of I mean, happens. There definitely seems to be some sort of relationship there. Like they have. I never thought that she really going liked on. him a lot. I don't think she dislikes him. I mean, I don't know I if guess. like there's any there's not like any sort of sexual attention, at least from her end, but I don't know. Maybe she just had wants or needs or just wanted him on her side. And <clears throat> yeah, they like I don't they know. have sex and then he's like, We should get married. And she's like, eh, I don't want to get married. No. Like she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't want to do any of the um you know, once again, to kind of like break kind of like, you know, gender stereotypes and stuff like that. She doesn't want to be like tied down to anyone, I guess, or doesn't want to like, you know, subjugate herself in the role of like a wife or a mother or anything like that, as we see yeah. later on. Um, but yeah, they just do it. And I think, of course, right after that, it's kind of like this, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's he's he, he he's immediately uh, helpful to the um, the cause the cause yeah and he kind of provides <laughs> and he sets up these traps and all the strategy and stuff like that and uh it's a little funny uh <laughs> they also do the thing too of course where there's so much of the stuff in the movie we'll never be able to get to any of it but like <laughs> uh, yeah they said they do like the room they spread the rumor that the fortress is haunted when that is the, an amazing uh, guys ride amazing yeah, montage like, oh are you talking about like where you it's kind of like a like a bunch of different screens going on of yeah, like the being spread. Yeah, that was About pretty cool. It's very quick though. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, doesn't indulge, but it is an amazing moment where, of course, the mother is a great teller of gossip, and she whispers around, and they yeah. all start whispering, and it, it's such a wonderful montage of just sort of how rumors, like the rumor spread spreading communities, and yeah, I love it. I is, and so I think part of the reason I love it is. It sort of feels out of place you know, with the rest of the movie. Oh uh, yeah, but it, but it still works, right? It works perfectly, even though it's like so different from everything we've had up to this point. <laughs> it's so cool. I don't even know how to. Kind of reminds me of a Kurosawa movie. Oh yeah, that part the of the movie. Is... I would say like I would say like yeah like when they start like uh, when they're kind of like all plotting together to kind of figure out how they're gonna like take down. 
um while while they're you know at the fortress originally yeah while they're there and they're kind of trying to figure out how they can like lure them in or trick them or whatever that kind of reminded me of like like a kurosawa movie or something like that there's definitely some seven samurai vibes to that yeah something like that or that's what i was thinking yeah absolutely but that fortress scene with all their home alone traps as you put it yeah (laughs) is a great moment because the troops are so terrified as i guess anyone would be i mean it's sort of scary and the emperor king or whoever leader of what kind is like this is bullshit like he doesn't believe he refuses to believe in the ghosts but he never believes i don't think he ever believes it yeah i don't think he ever does but the troops are so terrified that they're just getting slaughtered i mean you just watch these men get absolutely i like too when like um they they shoot arrows or something like that and then they cut to people getting hit by the arrows it's clear there's somebody off screen just like with a handful of arrows throwing it yeah you can tell like they just like have somebody off screen like throwing the arrows at some people that's that's what it looks like (laughs) yeah the arrows aren't the the fastest moving objects in the world (laughs) yeah it's clearly somebody like yeah like just like tossing it yeah it's like right off screen which is fine i think it doesn't matter yeah 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 it's all good but it's like it's all in camera, right? Like there's nothing absolutely made. Up. There's nothing fake about it. Yeah, there, there's no CGI. <laughs> yeah, no CGI. <laughs> yeah, they were using the tools that they had, and you can't help but forgive even the moments that look a little bit silly because it's just so wonderful and it just fits so well in these moments and all of these great contraptions that they use, like the slingshot thing. I don't know what that's called. Like a catapult, like a catapult style things, and yeah, all they the use, yeah. ghosts that they use, and which of course, you uh, goes by the next day, and he like he basically shows you right how all of the different contraptions work. Yeah, and he's like he's so nice. happy. He's just like he's very giddy of all the, everything that happened and everything. And uh, uh, I like that moment where he's like going around, and he's like giddy and he's happy. But then when he actually kind of like looks down on the ground and realizes that there are like bodies littered everywhere, he kind of like gets a little like upset you know because it's like i kind of like it because like if there weren't ghosts there before now there are right like yeah (laughs) right because he's he's created this rumor of all of these dead soldiers and stuff being there and he's you can see him like really having a lot of fun in, in the planning and as a scholar it's always been hypothetical right it's always just like drawings and and scholarly research and all this stuff and even up to the point it's clear because he's he doesn't do any of the actual fighting right he's not a fighter he's just not no he can't do good at that stuff he it's just not his his skill set and so up to this point even when he's like utilizing all of his different tools and he's laughing he's like oh you know look how smart i am look how amazing this was and this was so successful and there's that moment where he walks into the temple and he walks by one of the dead people and it's like the first time he realizes sort of the horrors of war right because up to this point war is just like yeah. this very it's, like the, it's the anti-war theoretical moment of the movie <laughs> it really is it's the it's that moment where he sort of realizes just the horror i mean not only the fear of for miss yang or you know the people on his side are dead but just the fact that people were brutally murdered in this moment and he was a part of that and now he has to live the rest of his life knowing that he was sort of the the master of this plan and it's t- took a very real part in the killing of these people and that's a 
incredible moment and an incredible performance by our actor here. I mean, just the ability to go from just this like very jolly, very happy laughing just immediately to just mm-hmm. sort of terror and horror in that moment is, is wonderful. Yeah. But pretty much like after that moment, the movie like once again changes into something else um, where uh, you is like, okay, where's Yang? Where did she go? And she's like, she left. It's like, uh, okay, well, and you know, she, and then he leaves. He goes on a journey. He goes on an adventure, and he goes to all these different locations. And then he ends up at the temple, the original temple that she, because after the that great uh, scene that we saw earlier with the, monks, with the monks as they destroy, they go to a temple for two years, and then she moves again, and then they go back to the temple, and she's there. And then he arrives there, and pretty much right when he arrives there, he's given a baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is your baby <laughs> yeah and it's just kind of like this recognition of like all right like you have your baby you know like the line will continue right like you have like a you know you have a kid now you know your family line will continue but i can't do it like i yang is yang from yang's perspective right she's just like i cannot do the you know mother wife thing you know and then yeah and Part of me feels as if the movie should have ended there. You know what I mean? When I see that moment of like where they kind of like are kind of like look where she sees him down mm-hmm. at, from the temple into the rocks and she sees him walk away with the baby. I'm, I'm, when, I, when I first see that scene, I'm like, okay, maybe. And then I realize like there's way more to the movie. I'm like, okay, maybe <laughs> I should, maybe really like what could possibly happen? Like, I feel like it should just end there. Um, mm. of course I, that's incorrect because uh, <laughs> the rest wrong. of the movie I was wrong like of course because then you watch the rest of the movie and you're just like oh okay like I'm I'm, I'm okay with it continue <laughs> because then the rest of the movie is crazy it just a whole nother level I mean it's like again it, you can almost separate this into three separate films where you have sort of the opening haunted mansion sort of film and the middle sort of action home alone style film and include the journey in this too and then you basically just like forget about you almost entirely like he goes to uh, some like near a river or something and you, you kind of just leave him and we are given the amazing beautiful spiritual religious yeah action sequence of the monk and our and miss yang and her companion and their incredible just out of this world action sequences where they're jumping around and you know they're they're very much like outnumbered and you can see like them you know because like first of course you have to kill like your classic goons right who are just like there to be killed (laughs) and then of course you have like this he's like a general or something he's very he's like a higher up guy yeah and he's too powerful for them right he's he's too good for them and and he's He's beating them and they're and they're on their right their wits in they're not going to make it and of course out of nowhere the buddhist monks come and oh my god they beat their asses (laughs) they beat their asses (laughs) yeah you know with the with the fighting scenes there's not much you can really say about them you know you just kind of have to watch them you have to watch them they're, they're super well edited well put together it's sword fighting pretty much with like a little bit of fist fighting but you know, you just gotta watch them. Um, yeah, but they, the monks they destroy them. It's such magnificence, and the sound design, which isn't something we, we've talked about much. Yeah, it's good. Which sound design is so 
important to a great fight scene. I mean, if improper sound design to a fight scene can absolutely ruin a great fight scene. Yeah, so, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy how well it sounds. I mean, it's it's wild, man. I just like every single every choice that they made, like from the sounds of metal clinging metal to the way mm-hmm. it kind of swishes through the air to the way people move and every single like footstep. It's just so beautiful. And again, just so much thought and effort put into every little soundscape. It it breaks my heart a bit that I, I couldn't have this experience in a theater. And I think if our listeners are ever in a position where this is showing in some sort of local theater at some cinema, go see it in a theater. I mean, not just for the visual aspects of it, which I'm sure are absolutely magnificent in a theater but this the soundscape is so incredible and i don't know if this version is but i imagine if it's in a theater they probably have a it's probably in stereo so i can only imagine what this incredible soundscape would be for a film it is beautiful and wonderful as this one is but oh my god it's just so amazing and and you have this weird moment right after this fight where they kind of like Again, it, I keep using this word kind of like spiritual, but there's something, I don't know, it's got like this surreal aspect, especially towards like the end <laughs> of the What movie. are you talking about? When they cut to the d- desert, right? Like he like captures him and then it's like immediate cut to. They're in a, the general and his two. Yeah, they trick him. They're in a desert, but it's a trick. He thinks they like trick he's- him. They're like, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but they're 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 evil. evil. They have evil in their hearts, and then they <laughs> they they like pretend to feign like, oh, monk abbots. You know, we we're bad guys, and we want to live in the temple. And he's like, okay, cool. And then he's like, psych. And then he like starts like stabbing everybody and killing everybody, and it's a terrible, terrible uh, situation. <laughs> That is so badass when he gets stabbed and he's bleeding gold. <laughs> the reveal <laughs> of so him cool. like, bleeding gold is just like, oh shit, like we're on another level here. <laughs> Did you Where expect this, that this at is... all? Do you have any idea that was gonna happen? No, of course not. No, and I, I love not. too, I, I love too the way that they make it seem like I love too when he hits him in the head mm-hmm. and he and he's like seeing stars and he's got like brain damage. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's got severe he's brain got, damage. He's got brain damage because he's like, oh, like his like vision is fucked up because like the, he hit his brain. <laughs> he messed <laughs> up his brain. He's like, oh, but I love I love how that looks, how that's like put together really well. And um, <coughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like looking around and like he's like, it, like the color is changing. Um, yeah, they use and, like and, uh, the negatives of the yeah, film. Yeah, they use yeah, and it's like. And he, it's like, he's like in hell. He's going to hell. <laughs> he's going to hell because he's like an evil guy. And like, and, and Abbott, he like climbs up to the rocks. Right. And um, you have those great sequences where, and this is where like, once like, this is what I was kind of referencing to earlier with like the sun and yeah. Abbott, like blocking and not blocking the sun. Right. When it's like, like with his, like specifically like his head and his body. And then when he goes up to like the, to the mountains and he's like sitting there and like Yang and everybody kind of like looks up and he's like, what could be Abbott, but it's almost kind of like him kind of like doing the Buddha pose, right? Yeah. He's transcended, as it were, at this moment. Nirvana, that's Buddhism, right? Nirvana, the concept of Nirvana. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's like with he's like the setting sun is like behind him. It's <laughs> forming this, you know, it just kind oh of like God. that is like one of the most like transcendent endings like in ever in any movie. It hits a level what? that is so like unexpected and just like you know, just like a it's a spiritual moment. When we decided we were going to watch this movie, and when I turned on this movie, and through most of the movie, I never could have told you that would have been the ending. Yeah, no party would ending. have possibly ever guessed. And yet, it's the perfect ending. Like, there's no it's other the ending, ending in the world <laughs> that could work for this movie. It's... It 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 it, it kind of the way that the movie kind of like like ebbs and wanes is really interesting. How like it kind of like starts as sort of like this like ghost story, and it's like oh mystery like oh what the hell is going on you know like and then like as more characters are introduced you're kind of it's kind of turns into kind of like a you know a martial arts kind of like wuxia movie um thing and you know there's all these like you know political socio-political things going on and and um and you know religion of course is touched on throughout the movie and like buddhism and confucianism confucianism um Mm -hmm. and all this stuff and then and then it's just like but then it ends on this like note of just like like you know you know no ghosts no just kind of like i don't know just kind of like this thing of like you know no war you know no life no death no wait no well you know no war no politics no you know gender like no uh 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 nothing like that just like the earth and life and death and enlightenment and you know that's just kind of like all the world is you know it, it's it's crazy yeah um i am grateful to have had such a magnificent experience and yeah <laughs> do you want to drop some final thoughts andrew yeah <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's probably like, you know, masterpiece level, you know, filmmaking, you know, filmmaking and, you know, it, it's so it's very complex. It's a very complex movie. It's not exactly like a simple chill movie to watch, really, um, especially if you're looking for like a, a really cool action martial arts movie. I don't think I don't think you really get that with this. It's like something a little bit more substantive, I think, and. You know, it's just got a lot going on in 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 really good ways, and and you know probably like one of the more beautiful movies you could watch. Um, and it's just, you know, I think it just it's just got it all. You know, it's it's three hours, but I don't I think it, you know, I think it, it packs so much into it. You know, you could, and and it and it does the thing great thing too, like we talked about where it it's kind of always changing different kind of things going on um so it's not just like i don't know the same characters or the same location or the same kind of like even tone maybe um yeah you know it's it's just once again it deserves way more rewatches just because there's a lot going on but you know that this is like a a nine out of ten you know level stuff yeah (laughs) hey Wasn't sure what to expect going to this film. As I said, I've only seen one of his films before, and I enjoyed Dragon End very much. But it was just a, a fun, enjoyable experience, and it it looked pretty good. But I I had nothing 
spectacular plan for this one as we talked about when we were deciding what film to watch when we chose Touch of Zen. I mostly just wanted to watch sort of an action kung fu kind of movie and we we found this one which I was very excited for but I wasn't sure what to expect and I was just amazed. I mean it's truly above and beyond anything I ever would have exper- expected with this piece and I am just dumbfounded by every single aspect of this film from the music to the sound design to the action sequences to the locations to the cinematography to the lighting I mean everything on here is just clearly just someone who was just on another level I mean someone who was just so much better than everyone else in this field I mean it's hard to even compare this to few other filmmakers because it is just so amazing and and perfect and I almost fear watching other King Who movies because I don't know if they can ever really live up to the the perfection that is this movie. And and I can say that for most movies in general, because this movie is in so many ways, just a near perfect experience. So I'm going to give this a very strong. No, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to give this film a 10 out of 10. I think it's there. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm on the precipice too. I'm on the (laughs) precipice. You know, I, I, I think I need to watch it more, but I'm on the precipice. You know, I have heard, um, come drink with me is really good. Okay. I've heard that movie is good. With me. Um, yeah, he's got a few other movies that I've heard are really good. Um, especially Come Drink With Me. Um okay. Yeah, so but yeah, for me the movie's right on the precipice. <laughs> it's I mean, I was I was gonna say nine, but I, I talked myself up to a ten. I just I think it's there. Yeah, I really I, do. I, I, I I'm I don't blame you. It, it's pretty uh yeah, it's pretty much yeah, I feel you. Amazing. Well, that's the show. That's the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for listening. You can find everything I do at Austin Lugo one, two. I'm on uh, letterbox at retro Andrew, R E T R zero Andrew. And you can find this podcast wherever you hear podcasts. You can also find us Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at life through fiction or with nothing to say. And thank you all for listening.